church. Give it a little love. Come on, y'all. Come on. I'm going to tell y'all right now, son, that last song had me going, son. I love this band. Give them a little more love. Come on. Let them know, man. Y'all don't want to miss worship night. I'm telling you, dude, we're going to have some fun down there, Hurricane Alley. That is next Sunday. Mark your calendars and get ready for a great night. Going to do communion, man. We're going to have baptism and some great music. It's going to be awesome. So thank you again for being here today. Get ready for an awesome message. I think it's pretty good because it's going to speak to everybody in the room. It might just encourage you about your past or it might challenge you to do something that you've been waiting to do. You're kind of on the fence. You're like, man, should I do it? Should I not do it? Today, hopefully, we'll seal the deal and you'll have it nailed down. You'll be ready to go. So are you ready for that? Come on, let me hear you. Come on. Perfect. All right. We've been having a little fun with you sending in all these sign pictures. We only have one more week of signs. That's next week. So if you found a sign that you want me to put on the screen or put in the pre-show, you got to send it in. These are some of my favorites from this week. They're pretty good, and obviously I like humor. So when you find something that's funny, it kind of almost guaranteed it's going on the screen just because there's so many good ones, though, that y'all are sending. These are just my favorites. It's called I Saw the Sign. Let's find out who's on it this week. I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. There's a good one. That's a good one. I love it. Get that tattoo. Your family's already disappointed. That's Come on, dude, that's funny. Unless your dog can do this, please be responsible and clean up after them. There you go. That'll, that'll teach you. Here's a good one. But I like this one. Unattended kids will be given Red Bull and a kazoo. All right. One more, I see. The worst part about parallel parking is the witnesses. Now you're talking, right? And then this is a good one. We sell crispy chicken sandwiches on Sundays. It says our ice cream machines are always working. Come on, y'all. Reason I had to put that one on there, we were coming back from Florida, and I stopped at McDonald's to get uh, a shake, and you know they said it. I'm sorry, our machine's down. I was like, oh, you know. So if you see a sign that makes you laugh, gets frustrated, have a little fun with it, make sure you send it to me. Justin at thesimplechurch.tv. I'll try to incorporate them into the fun part of what we're doing, all right? There are all kinds of different signs. We've been talking about this through the series. You have traffic signs. You kind of understand that. Everybody gets it. You have church signs. That's where I've been getting some of the stuff, you know, some of the funny stuff from is you'll see the church signs when they put up different things like this. Try our new pumpkin. Why don't be here? Do you try our new pumpkin spice sermons? Okay, not really. Just stop in. We don't bite. All these churches come up with creative things they try to put out there to get your attention. But there's also little signs called bumper stickers. All right. This is a pretty good one. I was an honor student. I don't know what happened. Amen. <laughs> I can relate to that totally. Here's another one, though. This is for my son's truck. I, I promise you, honk if parts fall off. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Those are window stickers now that are becoming signs everybody sees. But then there's big signs like this, billboards, all right? Don't give up on your dreams. We start with DVDs. That's a Netflix billboard. You know, they're just huge. You can't hardly miss them. They get creative. They do all these different things to get your attention. Well, as I was preparing for this message, I didn't think that I could see anything new when it comes to signs. I just didn't think I'd find anything new or... And then I was dead wrong. I mean, this week I go to the computer and I'm working on the message and I see something I have never seen before and it has to do with signs and it's overseas uh, and it grabbed my attention in a huge way. You go, well, what is it? It's a 3D billboard. Watch. Every few minutes, giant cat briefly pops into view, flicking his tail and gazing upon a growing band of admirers below. For them, the supersized pet is the cat's meow. Like most cats, this one operates on its own time with only short appearances throughout the day. Ultra-high resolution curved video signage is rapidly generating copycats across Asia. 
Last year, the Starship Enterprise appeared to fly out of a wall and over the heads of shoppers in Chengdu, China. And in Taiwan, an LED cyclops menaced pedestrians. But here in Japan, it's the pause that refreshes. For CBS This Morning Saturday, Lucy Craft, Tokyo. Anybody seen that before? Anybody seen that before? Anybody? I had never seen that before, and I was like, is that real? Does that really happen? And then I'm thinking, well, it's all in Asia or it's overseas. But I was wrong because if you have been to New York recently, you know, when you go to Times Square, they got the latest and the greatest and the best. And here is an example of it happening right here in the States. Watch this. Is that not crazy? Come on, y'all. That is insane. Technology, what they're able to do now, LEDs, is kind of crazy. But I'm going to take you old school because if that doesn't impress you, the often overlooked sign is right in front of you today. It's the signs that you wear. For example, this old do-good shirt right here. Or even better, let's see if this gets a reaction off of you. I have a feeling that when I put this on, there might be a fan or two out there that when you put on these purple and gold, y'all get a little excited about that. Come on, y'all. Right? Yeah, of course. Well, some of our staff got to go down to the game. They're having a good time with it. We got LSU families, Aguiar, then, of course, Robin and Sean. Uh, Carly went to Ole Miss, so they got a little Ole Miss love in there. But here's the bottom line. When you put it on, it's like, hey, okay, that's a sign. You know, everybody kind of sees it. Whether you like them or don't like them, you get a reaction out of it. And then, of course, I don't want to go there, but I'm going to have to go there. Uh, someone sent me this picture, and speaking of a sign, we almost always, almost always, almost, almost win. Can I get an amen out there now, right? That's just for all the Cowboy haters. I want you to know that I, my pain is deep. I should have never talked about the team because it resulted in a loss again. So I'm not talking about them now. This is just a reference and a message that refers to the Cowboys. But in no way am I saying, go Cowboys, or I think we're going to win. It's just the fact that we lose. Okay, moving on. The other part is Coca-Cola. Anybody remember old school Coca-Cola? Man, this is what I'm talking about. That is where back in the 80s and the 90s you wore like advertisement for people. Still happens today, but this is where it kind of all started. Coca-Cola did a great job of, you know, getting their name out there and advertising on your clothes. But then, this is the best sign that actually got sent to me in my inbox that I was not prepared for. Look at this one. Dear person behind me, I hope you know Jesus loves you beyond measure, and I pray that he bless you today with love, the person in front of you. <laughs> that is a next-level sign. Man, you're printing them on your search, you go to the game or whatever it is. It's just a way to communicate just like we do in bumper stickers and billboards and everything else you can actually wear these things and as you wear the different signs whether it's a do good shirt or your favorite team or even a message to someone what we have realized in our culture is that what you cover yourself with makes a statement when you put on a shirt or you put on your logo or whatever it is there's something being said in that and this goes all the way back to biblical times when there was another guy that what he wore also made a statement when I talk about making a statement, he made a, a crazy extreme statement. It goes all the way back to Matthew 3. This is what we're talking about today. It says, John the baptizer was preaching in the desert. His message was simple. Change your life. 
because God's kingdom is here. So this guy had a simple message, but then look at the next part of this scripture. It says, John's clothes, which is interesting that they would write this down, were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. Now, I've always thought over the years, like, why did they describe his clothes? What's the purpose? What's the reason? Well, it's interesting that they did, but I have a feeling that it's not just a random reference. It was the beginning of God reminding us and using clothes as a reminder to who he is and what he's all about. And you go, well, Justin, I don't really understand. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Pharisees and we talked about what they wore and it was very, you know, elaborate and big dress. And we'll show pictures later on the message, but it was this idea that people kind of came together and put their best foot forward and dressed up and looked apart. But what was happening on the inside wasn't always the same. And so when I started looking at John the Baptist and his message and what he's talking about, there's a couple of things that jump out at me. The first thing is very obvious. And this is what I don't want you to miss today. Is although they wrote about his clothes, and we'll get into that in a minute, the message is what changed people's lives. See, it would be tempting to see what he was wearing and kind of get lost in that, but you cannot lose sight of the fact that John the Baptist, although he was unconventional in the clothes that he was wearing, and they were making a statement, we'll find out about that in a minute, it was this message that impacted people to the level that they're going, man, something's different. Everything about him is different. Look at Matthew 3. So it continues on. It says, people poured out of all of the surrounding areas, Jerusalem, Judea, they're coming everywhere to hear this guy speak from the Jordanian countryside to hear him and to see him in action, which I think is pretty interesting because they're like, this guy is the latest, greatest preacher, man. You got to see this guy. You won't believe what he's doing. Well, it wasn't just to see him in action. They couldn't believe what he was wearing. They couldn't believe what he was saying. It continues on. There at the Jordan River, those who came to confess their sins were baptized into a changed life. Well, this is where it gets a little weird, a little different. It's because the truth is, just like in our today's world and our culture, we're not really good at confessing our sins. We're really good at putting on the right outfit, playing the part, walking through the motions. But this was different. This guy looked different, he talked different, and now he was challenging people to be different. Passionate, honest, raw, real. He was cutting through all of the bull, all of the religion, all of the stuff that gets you distracted and cutting right to, hey, what about your life? And what in your life do you need to confess? Or what is it that you're holding on to or there are sins in your life that you need to be transparent and honest about. And what we find in 1 John, and this is just another reminder of why this was so important, even later writers came back and said, hey, if we confess our sins, this is the great news. God will forgive us of our sins. And you can trust God to do this. Well, so John's writing this down because he also knew about John the Baptist. He knew about this message. He says, hey, he will make us clean from all the wrong things we've done. Anybody done anything wrong in here? Because I have. I'll even go back to a moment in time when I can remember being on a stage. Alan was playing guitar today. We had a band back in the day that played a lot of different worship environments. I mean, we worked with Denny Duran, a good friend of ours over in Shreveport. And we would do uh, youth conferences or like, you know, assemblies. The band would play and Denny would get up and speak and the truth was, is we knew how to kind of get in the lights and, hey, everything's good and we're leading worship. And, 
walking through all of the things. Everybody's like, oh, man, they're, yeah, they're there. They, they've got it. They're living for the Lord. Everything's going right. But the truth was, and I think Alan would be right there agreeing with me, is we didn't have everything right in our life either. And I can remember one time, we, I think we were in some gymnasium somewhere, and as I am leading worship, Alan's playing, the band's all doing our part, I can remember God just going, man, you got some stuff you need to confess. You need to get this stuff off your chest. Well, the problem is, is if you're the guy on the stage or the guys in the lights or if everybody knows you as the Christian or you're supposed to have all your stuff together, and it's kind of hard to do that. Because you're afraid of what everybody's going to think about you. They're afraid you're going to be judged. You're afraid people are going to, you know, think bad about you. And so now, instead of really being honest with God, you're kind of playing the game and you put on the right outfit and you put on the right face and you kind of play the game. And this is where John the Baptist was cutting through all of that. He's going, hey, I see all of you and I know all of what's going on. And what I'm telling you is you need to repent. You need to get your life straight. You need to confess your sins. And I can remember getting to the place where that night I decided to do that. I decided to risk it, to be transparent, to come in and humble myself, which was difficult at the time because I'm going, man, if everybody's going to make fun of me or they're going to think things about me. But the truth was God was taking me on that journey for me. And then later on, I even decided after that to get rebaptized. I was baptized as a child but that moment, that night, there was something unique and special. God was going, man, you need to confess your sins and you need to be honest and transparent and be public about what God has done. Well, see, that's what John the Baptist was saying. That's what was so revolutionary at that time is there was a bunch of religion. There was a bunch of dressing up. There was a bunch of playing the games. There was a bunch of going to the temple and going through the rituals of religion, but yet inside they weren't straight. They weren't doing it right. And so then I wrote down in my notes as we get to this point in the message that the same thing that was going on back then is the same thing going on now. And what my hope is is that we'll recognize that you're messed up, I'm messed up, we all mess up. Now, what's interesting is you think, well, that's pretty easy to recognize. But let's all be honest. You come to church, how's it going? All good, brother. Praise the Lord. You know, everything's all good. Well, maybe it's not. And I know because you and I both know that it's not easy. We love to pretend. We love to cover up whatever it is that we're walking through. And maybe it starts when we're kids. You know what I'm saying? Things don't go right. You kind of covered up you know you know oh, I don't want anybody to know what's going on and then it even kind of goes into the holiday that's coming up here in just next week is when we get to Halloween we have this early motion of putting on masks you remember them old hard plastic masks these were old people the most strings pow, hurt your face you know they updated now man everything's soft and sweet you know you put it on me you got all these crazy stuff and I can remember my kids Ian he was the one that loved it more than anything Emma is actually her favorite holiday now but Ian started there man he was like if there's a chance to dress up, put a mask on, and play the part, he is in it, man. It didn't matter if it was Spider-Man, Batman. He was like, I'm in. I'd say, take your mask off. He don't want to be able to see your face. He'd be like, there I am. Ah, you know? Because as kids, it's fun. It's like I'm playing the part. I'm, I'm playing a game. Then your parents play with you and have a good time with it. I remember even when he put on Superman, I threw him up in the air as high as I could, you know? I said, Angie, take a picture. You know, he had a rough landing. I won't show you that picture, but he had a rough landing. Explains a lot. But then it goes all the way back to me doing the same thing. See, as a kid, it's one thing to dress up and play the part, but 
gets a little weird when you're older and you dress up. Gets a little weird when it's beyond Halloween, right? Well, I did find this picture. Ian convinced me to dress up in that spandex thing. That's strategically placed there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Fat guy in a spandex suit, not good, all right? Now, crazy as it is, it's, it's Halloween. It's kind of fun. It's kind of expected. Now, next week, I'll be, me and Angie are dressing up for the pre-show. Everybody's voting on it. So if you want to vote on it, just send in your vote. There's a couple of th- different ones you can vote on. Elvis and Priscilla are winning right now, but it's Ken and Barbie are right behind it. Please don't let me be Ken and Barbie, all right? That's all I'm going to say. But you can submit it and vote on it. We're going to dress up and have a little fun. And it's fun. It doesn't really matter. It's just kind of playing the game. We're just cutting up. But isn't it weird when we kind of move into the real world and it's not a holiday, it's not the kid stuff anymore. It's like, man, I'm still dressing up and playing the game. We make the outside look better than it really is. We cover up what's going on on the inside. Now, I ran across a video that we played a long time ago, and it's a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. It's this idea of this guy walking through, talking to us, walking through, telling us all these different stories. But on the inside, there's some other stuff going on. I don't want to blow it. I'm going to play the video. But as we play it, I want you to notice a couple of things. Listen to what he says, but then watch what comes up on the screen. And maybe, like me, you can relate. Watch. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm a Christian, and this is my story. Growing up, I never missed going to church. When I was 12, I accepted Christ as my savior. I I was even baptized. It it undoubtedly was a very important decision. It even affected how I lived in high school. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I had fun on the weekends. I had a girlfriend, a couple, but I was a normal high school kid. College was one big blur, but I did make it to church out of obedience. And after school, I married a great girl, and she's been a great influence on me. Life's been good. I have a house, three kids. I couldn't ask for more. I mean, sure, I worry about my future. I mean, my marriage, it could be better, and I need to spend more time with my kids, but but things will be all right. I have my faith. You may not hear me talk about it a lot, but that's, it's just because it's personal. But don't worry for me. My Jesus is real. If we're all honest, some or maybe all of that video connects at some point with you. Because we're in the South, man. Everybody, I'm a Christian. But if you were to look at your life and the way you talk to people, the way you treat people, the things that you do, doesn't really always line up. And then you go, yeah, yeah, but I'm, you know, I mean, I'm just working through it. I mean, don't come on, man. Don't judge me, bro. Because we kind of want Jesus to be what we want him to be. And we don't really let him come in and change us. We kind of just play the game. I grew up in church. You know, I was Catholic, man. I was Baptist. I know what's going on. I was Methodist. I've been there. I know what's up. We kind of hold on to religion or we hold on to some experience as a child. But the truth is it's not changing who we are. It's not affecting the way we do life today as an adult. And when I hear the term, my Jesus is real, but he says is really this little phrase is, no, it's a plastic Jesus. I thought about this because this is where a lot of us are as well. It's like it's this 
I got my Jesus on the dashboard. You know, your plastic Jesus, you kind of pray for when your things are rough. Hey, man, I need you to come through now. Come on, man. It's almost like we hold on to him as some good luck charm. And then depending on where we're going, we might put on a Christian T-shirt. You know, there's a lot of options out there. You know what I'm saying? You can find one that's like, faith over fear, brother. But then the truth is, well, are we living that out? Or are we doing it? So we kind of put on this image, this persona of like, hey, this is what's going on. But deep down inside, there's the sin that we're not talking about. There's the sin we're not confessing. There's these things that we really are doing don't honor God. We don't treat people right. Where if you were really just pulled back and somebody looked and go, man, I don't think he is a Christian. This is the moment that John the Baptist stepped into. And all these religious people were coming from everywhere. Everybody's having an impact. And what is he telling them? You got to repent. You got to turn from the way you are. You got to confess your sins. Let's start being honest. Let's be real. Let's cut to it and cut through it. It's not what you wear. It's not what's going on and what you say. It's really about what's going on on the inside. And that's why I wrote down the next point for my notes where is so many of us are focused on the outside and it's really not about that. And I'll go back to John the Baptist now. See, I believe God was making a visual point when they talked about his clothes. It's because whoever was writing that down, it was so countercultural, it was so different that they were like, man, that dude has like camel hair on, man. This, like, this guy's out there. So in our world, it's the same way if clothes kind of make a statement they were he was making a statement not just by what he was saying what he was preaching as powerful as that was obviously that was it but he was also God was making a visual statement why did that matter what was that all about well look we'll look at Matthew 3 and you'll kind of get a little insight it said when John realized that a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees that's the religious people that's the church people those are the leaders that had it all right, dressed the part, did all the things. They all started showing up going, hey, man, is this the new preacher? Well, then let's get baptized too. They started showing up for the baptismal experience because it was becoming the popular thing to do. Do you think that made John the Baptist happy? No, man, he exploded. What did he do? He's looking, ready for harsh words again? Remind you of Jesus? You brood of snakes. Man, this dude starts getting real with him. He, man, you're nothing but a snake. What do you think you're doing? You think slithering down here into the river, do you think that a little water on your snake skins is going to make any difference? Ouch. If you really want to get down to it, check out this last phrase. It's your life that must change, not your skin. See, this is what happened for a lot of us. Is like you, you talk about like in your in your journey, in your Christian faith, like, man, I was baptized as a kid. It's not about the water. It's not about the experience. See, life change happens, and then we get baptized. So sometimes we're kind of hanging on to the fact that, well, I was baptized one time, but you don't even remember. Like, again, I grew up Catholic with my grandparents on one side, Baptist on the other. So a lot of my Catholic friends and people we grew up with, they're like, man, I was baptized as a kid. It's like, do you remember? No, I don't remember, but it don't matter. I know I was. Like, no, no, no. I, I get it. That, it's not minimizing what happened as a child, but what the challenge and what we see in Scripture is, is that when your life has changed, then you follow through and go, man, I'm unashamed to let the world know that this is what God's done in my life. See, because you can't hide behind your religion or you can't hide behind the way you appear, putting on your Christian shirt or, hey, you know, I'm in church and everything's all good. No, you can't hide behind all that. It comes down to can you, will you confess 
your sin, where you really are. See, and this is why the Pharisees, they struggled with that. Remember, I'll put the picture up for you. They were really good at dressing the part. All the ornate clothes and the elaborate stuff they put on. Now, this is kind of like if you were to put it in today's time, it'd be like putting on your full three-piece suit. You know, you got your big Bible and you walk in and you, oh, morning, praise the Lord, brother. Good to see how you, oh, just blessed and fully favored, brother. But on the inside, man, things were happening last night that wasn't so blessed. The post that you put on Facebook wasn't so fully favored. The way you talked about him or the way you treated her or the way things are going on, you can play the part. But I see through that is what John the Baptist said. And he is preparing the way for Jesus. And Jesus is like, I definitely see through that. And then what Jesus does next and what he says next to back up John is absurd. It's so crazy that they were like, dude, what? We're the religious I'm Methodist, I'm Baptist, I grew up in this. You can't tell me this. I know what's going on. He was like, check out Jesus going next level. Jesus explained, he said, I tell you the truth, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Time out. He's like, oh, you think you got it because of the way you dress? You think you got it because of the songs you sing or the little Christian t-shirts or you kind of got it figured out. You go to this conference, well, oh, man, have you heard this preacher? Oh, my God, I love this preacher. And then he's coming back going, yeah, but what about your life? Why did you treat that person so ugly? What about your private life? What about what you said? What? This is where John Baptist is like, no, confess your sins and find true freedom. Because I'm telling you, Tax collectors, prostitutes are going to get in because why? You ready? Because they're getting honest. Jesus goes on. He says, John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live. He's talking to Pharisees. He's talking to religious people. He's talking to you and me. But you didn't believe him. No. While the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, Jesus continues, you refused to believe And this is the part that gets you. And you refuse to repent of your sins. See, Jesus is cutting. I mean, I'm talking about this where it keeps it real. He's like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're kind of pretending to walk through the motions. But I want you to be free. I want you to be real. I want you to be genuine. I want you to have freedom And baptism is not about water or about clothes or following through. Because this is what's going on. They were all following in, coming from Judea and Jerusalem. And they're all coming. Hey, I want to be a part of this cool experience. He's like, no. It's about Jesus. It's about life change. It's about confession of sin. It's about, man, I don't like who I was. And I need Jesus to forgive me. And I want a fresh start. And I want a new beginning. And I don't want to keep going down this path. I want to turn. I want to be honest. I don't want to keep posting stuff I shouldn't post. I don't keep looking at stuff I shouldn't look at. I don't want to keep doing stuff I know I don't need to do. I need grace and I need forgiveness. And that's what prostitutes and tax collectors came looking for. The Pharisees, the religious kept going, hey, that'll be cool, man. Let's go down and do it. If that's the hip new worship thing, well, then let's go do it. In the meanwhile, when they got down there, they're like, man, this guy's tripping. He got on camel hair, man. He got on, what, what is, what's his? It ain't about the outside at all. 
This is why, Simple Church, I know it don't make sense to people, but dude, we don't care what you wear as long as you wear something. Can I get an amen on that? We're not hung up in that. I don't care if you bring your Bible or not because I'm going to put it on the screen for you because I realize it's dark. It's hard to see it in here. But that's also why I tell you, man, download the app so you can have the Bible with you everywhere you go because God's Word does change you. It does impact you. But you don't have to have a formal old school Bible, although I have one. It is something that I still read occasionally. But I'm telling you, the majority of the time, I read it on my phone. Because I have every translation, everything. I'm not going to be hung up in religion that it has to be this way or that way. And that's what religion does. Oh, it has to be this way or it can't work. Or it has to be that way. Or you have to look this way. Or you have to do this. Or you have to go. If you don't, then you don't fit in. And John the Baptist came in and it didn't look right. He wasn't saying the right things. He didn't do it the way anybody else was doing it. And ironically, he was the one that was paving the way to Jesus who would follow through and do the exact same thing, everything unconventional, with one purpose, to move you away from religion into a relationship. And when you believed in him, not in some institution and not in some organization, but in the person of Jesus, it changed your life. Galatians 3. You're all God's children by believing in Jesus. Now, let me just pause and let me just say this. One of the greatest stories in Scripture for anybody who's like, well, how big a deal is this, the belief thing? I'll go back to the thief on the cross. There's Jesus and there's a thief on each side, one of them's mouthing off. If you're the Son of God, save us. Come down. I thought you were supposed to be the King of Kings. Do something. One on the other side. And anybody who's arrogant like that, mouthy like that, Jesus is like, I'm telling you, thank God he's Jesus. I'm not. I'd be like, he'd be gone. I'd just zap him. Sorry, do what? Can't hear you. That's why I'm not Jesus. Jesus just sits there and he takes it. Even when they're throwing him, spitting at him, does he, does he get mad? Well, sometimes you just got to get even. Go, just look at the person of Jesus, y'all. This is what makes it so tough. Is you want to do you, I want to do me. We want to do it our way. And Jesus is like, no, then that's why you confess your sins. That's why you turn from that. Because the truth is, the thief on the other side who we're all guilty of sin just says, hey, Jesus, I don't know what that guy's problem is. I don't know what's going on, but I believe you are who you say you are. And he goes, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. That dude didn't go to church once. He didn't go to Sunday school. He didn't memorize the scripture. He didn't even get baptized. They didn't, and then Jesus didn't say, now throw a bucket of water on him and you ain't going to make it. Hey, today you're going to be with me. Why? Because it's not about just going through the motions of religion empty junk. It's about a personal relationship. And when you meet him, it doesn't make you arrogant. It doesn't make you right and you're going to do it. It makes you the opposite. It humbles you. It breaks you and go, man, I don't know. I ain't got this thing figured out. But religion... Put on your suit, get your attitude. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Here's what their problem is. They're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. And Jesus is like, corrupt, excuse me, can't even get it out. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes came in and said, Man, I ain't got, I'm, I am broke. I, I got nothing, but I, I, I trust you. He's like, That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. They believed in him. They trusted him. And clearly, all of you who are baptized in Christ's name have clothed yourself with Christ. Isn't it interesting to choose that phrase? I think what they were trying to say in that, I think what Paul was saying as he was writing to the church 
He was like, hey, listen, just like you put your clothes on every day, I don't need you to kind of sometimes have that relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about clothe yourself with him. Make sure that when you walk out, the things you say, the things you do, that people visually see what you wear. They visually see how you behave, how you treat people, what, what you do with your life. And in the process of it, that we're all clothed in the same thing. We all look the same. That we represent Jesus, not religion, not some church. As much as I like it when you wear a similar church shirt, dude, that's not really the goal for me. Much as I love it when you wear a do-good shirt, that's cool. That's, but the real goal is, is that we clothe ourselves with who Christ is and we act like him. And I mess it up too, so don't act like I got it together. I'm telling you. Dude, I wanted to strangle the McDonald's guy when he said the shake machine wasn't right. Can I get an amen out there? Somebody know what I'm talking about? I'm like, Jesus, come over me. Help me because the shake machine, it's the middle of the day. Now, I understand you got to clean it at night. It's lunchtime, dude. I want a chocolate shake. I'm fat and I want a chocolate shake. Don't work, man. Then what I should have said, man, that's no problem. I'll take a sugar-free diet drink. That would be just fine with me. <laughs> I did not do that. I walked all mad. Angie like, just get over it. It's a shake. Why are you so mad about it? Pray for me, Angie. Pray for me. And the truth is, and you and I both know this, that's why it's so important. It really does hit you at different times. Now, here, let me brag on Angie, and I didn't say this in any other service. Angie's going to kill me for saying this. We go into another store, stop and get gas. We're coming back from Florida. We had a great time. Jody and Sherry, thank you for blessing us. They take, let the staff go down there for a week. and Just an awesome time to get away. But we're coming back, and it's hard re-entry. You know how it is. You're getting back. And we stop at this gas station, and Angie, sweet Angie, she's definitely more Jesus than me. Look to Angie, not to me, Okay. We walk in there, there's a homeless woman, and she smells horrible. The lady's just gone through a tough time. She walks up to me, goes, hey, she goes, hey, do you have an extra, it's a little bit of money? And I'm thinking, I got a dollar. Y'all know, y'all don't look at me, y'all all just as guilty. She goes, you got $20, $40 we can give her? And I'm like, $20, $40, what's she doing? Angie looks at me, I said, I need the money. Happy wife, happy life, yes, ma'am, you know, put it on out there. I'm watching Angie hug this woman in the store. Stinky? Good Lord, that woman was stinky. Angel's like, and then Angie gets in the car, and I'm sitting there going, all right, Justin, you're supposed to be the pastor, cuz. And then I hear she goes, you know what that lady told me, honey? I'm like, well, she said, we're family. Thank you for taking care of me. My family had abandoned me, but you came through when I needed you today. Now I got money. I can go get a shower and get something to eat because we're at one of those places where you can pay to get a shower. And all. She just, just thank you. And I'm thinking, God, there's Jesus, help me. Clothe. People see it, they recognize it, there's something different. And here's the truth, just like clothes give us status in our world, think about this. You put on your polo, I remember when I was growing up, we'd wear a polo, because that was big, we popped that collar, son, had the polo on, we walk up in high school, you know, with a, hey, a polo, you know. I couldn't afford a polo, I had the Knights of Columbus, you know what I'm talking about with the little... <laughs> Instead of the polo stick going down, my guy had his up with a flag on it. They're like, man, that don't look like polo. It is. It is. He's got his, stag, his, 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 his sticks up, you know, my guy, you know. Didn't have the right jeans on, but it was status. You had to wear the right thing, put the right thing. I'm like, no, man. I don't care if it's Gucci or Goodwill. The truth is, it's about how you treat people. 
It's not about like what you wear. It's not about other things. And how you treat people is a beautiful thing to wear. It's a beautiful thing to represent. It's the status that he was hoping for. It's the attitude that when you walk in, it's not about, man, I'm better than you. I got on something better than you. I got this on. I'm not. It's like, man, I don't care about none of that. All I care about is representing the one that accepted me when I didn't have nothing else. And this is why Jesus was so good at it. And unfortunately, in today's world, and I ain't hating on no other pastors. I'm not trying to hate on any other churches and all the other. I just think, man, how did we miss all this? How did we get to the place where the way someone dresses determines whether we respect them or not? Even in Africa, we do a lot of work in Africa. And then, man, y'all, go, right now, I'm like, there's a message, and James is back there who runs the computer sometimes. He's like, he's off the rails, y'all. They're talking right now. He's lost his mind. He's, he's lost off the rails. But here's why I say it. The African church that we work with in Rwanda a lot is sometimes trying to be like the American church, and I always come to them like, don't be like us. They'll put on suits. They'll put the whole thing on, and they'll come in, and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, be like Jesus. Don't worry about appearances. Let's worry about the way we treat people. Don't worry about going through the motions of having the best music and lights and sound and all that stuff. And although we have a great and all of that is important, I get it, it matters. But what's more important, what matters most to Jesus is not this, but that when we walk out of there, you and me, all of us, we're recognizable by the way we treat people. We're clothed in his grace. We're clothed in his compassion. We're clothed in Jesus. And when we do that, this is what's amazing. You ready for this? Galatians continues when it says, then there's neither Jews or Greeks. There's not slaves or free people. There's not males or females. It could continue and say it in a lot of different ways. You could say there's not black, there's not white. There's not rich, there's not poor. We're all the same in Christ Jesus. So what Angie could do yesterday, and which, again, I, I really want to be more like her because I know she really is striving to be like Jesus, and I'm working on it. And I know I had the pastor title, but I'm telling you, she's way more Jesus than I was yesterday. And the reason that I want to confess the sin is because there's some freedom in that. There's also the idea of going, I don't want to keep being like that. I want to be different. I want to be like you, Jesus. And whenever we see someone be like Jesus, it inspires you, it encourages you, it challenges you. And guess what? That's our goal. And so when we decide to be baptized, we are becoming like Jesus. Because you already know this, Jesus was baptized himself. He humbled himself. He didn't have to. He asked John the Baptist to baptize him. Why? That was how he began his whole ministry. That's how he started the whole journey and the heavens opened up. Remembering God said, this is my son who I am well pleased. If, if God's pleased with him when he does that, how much more is he pleased with us when we do it? And just like Jesus was baptized, he called us to be baptized. If you're able to be baptized, why wouldn't you be baptized? And some people say, well, man, you know I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't need to do all that. That's like someone when they get married. And boy, this is going to cause some, I'm going to step on some toes. I don't need to wear no wedding ring to tell you I'm married, brother. I'm married in my heart. Well, let me tell you what this does. It reminds you of that commitment that you made in your heart. And more importantly, it lets the world know you've made a commitment to someone else. 
So when you say, well, I don't really need to wear this. Well, you're right. You're going to be married either way. But let me tell you what. It sure does say something to the world. And it sure does say something to your wife. And she's like, man, I'm with you, honey. And this is our reminder. It is an outward visible symbol of what I did in my heart. And I am letting you know. And Jesus said the same thing when you decide to get baptized. Well, you know I'm with you, Jesus. Yeah, but boy, I sure am thankful that when you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. That's Jesus, not me. So I'm going, okay, pretty important. Every believer in the New Testament believed and was baptized. Why? Because it was saying, hey, I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm with him. In the same way, we have that same opportunity. Now, some of you are looking for a new beginning. You're looking for a fresh start. Let me tell you, a decision to follow Christ is where it really does begin. But there is something special about the symbolism of that baptism. It's something you hold on to. It's something you remember. I can remember both times. I remember being baptized as a child. I remember being baptized as an adult. And I hold on to both of those because there were two different events. One was as a child, I was genuine. I know I wanted Christ to come in my life. But I can tell you, when I got old enough and I really understood what was going on, I was like, no, I need to confess my sin and I need to get rebaptized, and I need to let the world know I am not ashamed of that. Worship leader or not, I got to go. I got to do it. Don't let your pride or your past religious experience keep you from what God's asking you to do. It can be a new beginning. It can be a fresh start for you. I pulled a video, no Steve Hartman today. But this was pretty good. I think it says it really well for why this next Sunday is so important. And why maybe if you're looking for a new beginning, it might be your chance to do the very thing you've been waiting to do far too long. Watch. forgiven I do this because he rose I know no water can change me but this water is a sign that change has occurred in my heart my life will never be the same so now I'm proclaiming it to the world and just as Jesus was buried I will be buried just as Jesus rose I will rise Faith, hope, love, none are greater than these. I have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. I have hope in his resurrection and his everlasting power. His endless love has forever changed my life. really really cool about the video is I think about so many people in this room you've been waiting maybe this is your chance 
And this will be the marker. You'll go, okay, I remember. This is when I decided I needed to do it. One last quick little side note about Simple Church. Some people talk about, man, I remember walking an aisle as a kid. Or how come y'all don't walk an aisle? How come we don't do all that? And, and this is the reason why. Is when we look back at Scripture, you don't see anybody really walking an aisle. They chose to follow Jesus, yes. And as they were following Jesus, what you will also see is they sometimes turned away from him. Remember the disciples? Man, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And then they scattered, and then they followed him. And there was just kind of this crazy journey that you're on. But the one thing that you will see with everyone that believed, regardless of where they came from, what their status was, is that they got baptized. So we believe that, as opposed to walking an aisle, we believe your public profession of faith is to be baptized. So when you get in that water, we ask you, have you asked Christ to come into your life? Has there been a time when you've asked Jesus to come into your life? Yes. That is your public profession of faith, not a walk in an aisle, not signing a card. It is the most biblical public profession of faith that we have. So we try to go as close as we can to that. It's not saying that's wrong to walk in an aisle or that it didn't count. or what. It's, we're not saying any of that. All we're saying is, is that a baptism is a big deal to us because it's biblical. Jesus did it. He commanded us to do it. Every believer that is in Scripture did that. But I'll give you one other side note, that a little extra bonus. There's not one baptism recorded in Scripture inside a church. Interesting, isn't it? I can't believe you'd baptize a hurricane alley. It's out in public. It's where the world can see. Can't believe you'd baptize a splash kingdom in the wave pool. It's out in the public. Every place we've baptized has been in the public. It's out in the world. It's letting the world know. I'm not saying we're right. We're not saying we're better. We're just saying, man, it's a great opportunity to say, man, I'm with him. He changed my life, and I want the world to know. Don't miss it. Does baptism save you? Is it changing? No, nope. let me tell you what does. A simple prayer like this. Lord, I am a sinner. I have messed up, and I need you to forgive me. I confess it, God. I admit it. I am a sinner. And I also believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood for me. And because you shed your blood for me, that blood covers my sin yesterday, today, and forever. And the best that I can, God, moving forward, I want to commit myself to you and follow you and do whatever it is that you ask me to do. Help me, Jesus, to be like you. I don't want to be like my old self. I don't want to be ugly. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to keep living in sin. I don't want to talk bad about people. I don't want to treat people bad. I want to be like you, Jesus. And my only hope is when you come in and change me. And Jesus, the reason I want to go public with my decision to follow you and to pray a prayer like this is I want the world to know you did it and I want to do it for you. Let it be an outward symbol of what's happened in my heart. The old man is buried. A new man comes out of that water to fresh starts, new beginnings. Thank you, Jesus, for giving that to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen somewhere now? The reason I need that amen is because I want you to know I am thankful you're here. I'm thankful you listen. I'm thankful you watch online. But if you want to be baptized, I need you to take your phone out and register. Why do I get you to register? Because we provide shirts for you. We want to make sure I got enough t-shirts. So if you're going to get baptized, if you're going to get re-baptized, you go, man, this is my time. We'll have a little meeting. We'll email you. We'll tell you all the details so that you can be prepared for next Sunday night. It's about 6 to 8 is worship night. It's going to be down in Hurricane Alley, so you just want to make sure that you know. But I need you to take the app out and register. 
And when you do that, we make sure we have your shirt size. We'll have a little meeting before, tell you all it's going to go on. Then we'll do communion together that night. We'll sing together this awesome band. And we'll uh, conclude the night with baptism at the end. It's going to be awesome. You just don't want to miss it. And please come and support them, man. Just come out and enjoy the night. It's going to be beautiful. Let's pray for great weather and have a great time out there as we celebrate what God's done. And I'm so, so thankful again. So make sure you register on there. And then also, last thing, don't forget to bring some more candy. Last week, it's your last Sunday to do that. We'll be helping the Louisiana Boardwalk so the people that don't have an opportunity will have that candy and then go out there and do it. We already did it with Common Ground. Y'all knocked it out of the park, all right? I love y'all. Did y'all learn anything today? Come on, let me know y'all. All right, you feeling? Good. I'm thankful you're here today. Make sure you do it. See you next week. I don't want you to miss it. We're going to be doing the last signs, signs of the end of the world. You don't want to miss it. All right, I love y'all. Until next week, what do we say? Peace. Thanks for coming.